always feel like the most universal language that we all speak is music. Um, and then there's universal emotions of laughter, which a real laugh to me, regardless of how obnoxious it can be, because I haven't, you know, you already know I have obnoxious versions of my laugh. But um, you can know, you know it's real. And I know smiles are universal. And there's certain brands that are universal and people that are universal. So I didn't really experience a lot of that um, when I went overseas, but I heard these terminologies and I was like, when I went to South Africa and they called me colored because my nose was kind of pointy. So I guess that, that word color, because you know, the word color to me, my grandfather was Joseph Laurie who marched for the civil rights union movement. So it was kind of like having being called color is like, what? What? So <laughs> yeah. So I was like, excuse me. But then I understood that that's their, their culture and they're only so many decades out of apartheid. Um, uh-huh. You know, so, it, it, you know, and then fast forward, you go to, you know, you go anywhere else and I have some friends who are straight from Brazil and um, Brazil and they, yeah. um, and they call me Blackie. And I was like, excuse me? Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> Blackie? Yeah. Right. So, You're like, um, what? Yeah. So I was just thinking like, who are you calling that? You know, and I've checked people, but then they explain. Yeah. But, you know, I feel like, you know, when you let things fly, um, that's not helping either. And I never, I never understood that either. I never, until recently. Well, um, I think that there's part of the conversation that we live in a very different world today. And, you know, for instance, in Latin, uh, in the Latin community, um, there's things that we can't say we should never have said in the first place, but there's things that have, that are said, like for instance, um, uh, oh, she's really pretty for being black. And, you know, she has kinky hair or bad hair, you know, all that, all that is said in Spanish and, you know, or, you know, Mi Negrita Linda, which, you know, for some of us is, you know, a term of endearment. Um, But why do we have to specify their color? You know, why do we have to specify their texture of their hair? Like, why? Like, that's all things that we have to change. Um, because again, we're just live, we live in a world that we understand that that's just not appropriate. Do you know what I'm saying? So, so yeah, I I think it's just, you know, the, the world is changing and there's some that, you know, always kind of hold back on the change and want to stay the way that they are. Um, and not really think about others and the privilege that they, that they travel the world in or with. And, and, and um, speaking of colorism, I was on the airplane, you know, and I said, let me get this to try because I'm a huge, um, I think it's Anthony Ramos. I'm a huge fan of his. The, uh, I think he sings and rap and dances and Broadway. He's just, yeah, he's amazing. Actor. Yeah, he's amazing. And so, I, I, and so I, I was like, let me get this to try. And so I started, it was, it was so tongue in cheek and cute. Um, but once you've gone to the Bronx and you've seen certain areas like Dykeman and um, it's just something special about Washington Heights and, and downtown uh, or the, the city center of the Bronx that I just really enjoy. 
um, particularly the, the the street vendors and the bodegas. But what I think was so, um, <laughs> which is so, you know, what I thought was like, wow, win for the the um, Afro Caribbean culture and Americans. Um, it ended up being some backlash because um, they were saying that actors in the film did not have or were not reflective enough of the culture. They did not have enough um, browner skinned people. Um, like I said before, I think the Dominican Republic um, native, um, they tend to be a little browner um, and they have more coarser hair, curlier hair, kinky curls. Um, and I've noticed that basically like, I guess that a lot of it probably could have come from that community, but I saw the backlash was from there. So I was watching the movie, I kind of fell into it. it. It felt like a summer, like a whimsical summer movie. I mean, would I go see it in theaters? Probably not. Um, but uh, on a plane, why not? Right. Uh, <laughs> it's free. So I, I, I didn't finish it, but I thought it was so cool because it glorified the community that was, you know, that was like, you know, downtrodden, known for drugs and gangs and, you know, people getting sliced like Junior by a gang with machete. It's just, it's just unbelievable. You know, the, the young man um, yeah. on 180, 183rd or 185th around that area by St. Uh, St. St. Barnabas. I always call it St. Bernard's Hospital, St. Barnabas Hospital. Um, I just feel like, I feel like, like, where's your stance? Did you, were you able to see into the, into the heights? So honestly, I didn't watch it. Um, I gotta be honest. Uh, you know, it's it's. It, I was it's. I I would have to watch it. I have to. <laughs> you know, I, I want to support the Latino talent that was uh, part of this. Right, that's kind of the hard part about all of this that they put folks in very hard decisions in places that you have to make very hard decisions. Um, when it comes to, um, you know, Latino talent is definitely rising somewhere like him, like Mr. Ramos, you know, is very talented and his star will only continue to grow. Um, you know, we love that. And again, I think that I try to support, you know, a lot of our stars. Um, but, you know, that also means that producers and directors and, you know, all of those folks have to, you know, also do the right part. And, you know, when it comes to, you know, like, for instance, West Side Story and, you know, um, the lack of representation of Afro-Latinos in the Heights, uh, it makes it very hard for us to... To, to say, well, we're going to go ahead and support that when we're saying, but wait, where are the Afro-Latinos? And, you know, someone like Lin-Manuel, who, you know, did in the, uh, in the Heights, who did um, Hamilton um, on Broadway, you know, huge success, which is a beautiful cast of, you know, folks of color and Black people. Um, how did we miss that? Right. So that's kind of the question, you know, I don't know, Mr. Manuel, <laughs> just yet, but that's something that I would, you know, ask him. Right. Like, so if if we're able to see those kinds of things, uh, then we feel, you know, that most folks should be able to see those things. Somebody should have made that call out um, even at rehearsals. 
Um, Cause that's definitely one of the things that was pronounced and, you know, there's also a lot of conquistadors within the Latin communities and you don't just have to be a tall white man to be, you know, the conquistador or um, to have that kind of mentality. Um, and sometimes some, some of our folks get used as pawns to get their um, agenda out there. Um, you know, some, some folks could be bought with money and fame and certain things, whatever they want, um, to, to keep hurting their people and keep putting our people of color, black people, indigenous people down. Um, so, you know, all eyes open, all eyes are open and just let the actions, you know, speak for themselves. Perfectly said. Uh, and thank you for educating us on all this information because I think as a, um, an African American um, who has been able to travel abroad in mm -hmm. different places, the Spanish places that I've gone, which are few and far in between um, on my trips, because some things I just want to see before I get too old. Like, you know, I want to be able to walk through a jungle with snakes and birds and all this stuff um, and have fun, you know, do what I want to do whenever I want to do it. So I've been, I've been able to, you know, camp and hike and live mm -hmm. in Cambodia too. But I was like, I don't know if I would be, you know, able to climb the side of a mountain or scale the side of, you know, the hill, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 jump, over, and jump over boulders at boulders at 90 years old from a wheelchair. So those types of things, I've always wanted to aspire to have those trips early. So I've never really aspired to go to Hawaii or, you know, a dream of going to Puerto Rico or Dominican Republic. Not because I didn't, I wasn't infatuated or loved those communities. It's just because it's just, it was something that I knew was easier for me to obtain. So whenever, whenever I'm able to obtain, a, you know, or visit a place that I never would think I would go to, I, I tend to go that direction, like Israel, um, being able to explore that country was very amazing. Um, but when I go to um, places like Costa Rica, again, um, I guess I, I don't know. Um, I don't know the histories, but I know Costa Rica doesn't have much government. It doesn't have an army, whatever, but I've gone there a few times. Um, one on the business, well, both of them were business trips, but they're elongated and it was fun. But I just noticed that it was like, again, I think people either thought I was Costa Rican or, um, or something. Um, and, I, I'm, and I'm trying to think, is is there something going on with the um, with the Afro-Caribbean com communities, particularly the Spanish-speaking island Caribbean communities, um, that if you don't know Spanish or you don't know the native language, that you're not good enough to hang out with? Because I feel like they think that I'm so Spanish. They speak to me in Spanish. Um, and this happens all the time. Um, I just feel like, I feel like when, it, when I found out my Spanish is mediocre at best, um, <laughs> particularly you know they're like they're mad they get a little angry at me. um and I, and, I, and I don't know what you what, well is the gringo thing right is okay. uh right like the really again the history shows that americans have not been great to central americans right and so you know maybe they look at you yeah you could represent Af an afro-latino uh person for sure 
um, because we're not of Spain. So we want to make that clear. Um, so we're not, you know, Spanish people. We're, uh, you know, I guess considered Latinos, Latinx folks, you know, um, but a lot of us don't uh, identify with our conquistadors. So we don't tend to think as of Spain as a motherland, for instance. Uh, they're, you know, Europeans. <laughs> so uh, I think when we think of, you know, motherlands for us would be more so like Mexico, right? Like that was one of the, the powers of our indigenous folks. Um, but yeah, I think that unfortunately, again, you know, uh, like now I went recently to Puerto Rico and I saw signs out there that said gringos go home. Um, and, you know, this is the relationship that the United States has with Puerto Rico. And although Puerto Ricans are very welcoming to Americans, you know, um, they feel threatened. Um, and so that's that's happened since day one of of our encounter with with, you know, people from the United States. So I think that that's the same said for folks uh, in Central America and uh, South America. Um, you know, again, like, for instance, when I go to Colombia, I get to travel Colombia as a Colombian man who is mixed with Puerto Rican. Um, so that's a different experience. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure of somebody who is an African-American experience. Um, so, yeah, I just think that sometimes, you know, I think it's really important to kind of when we do travel to certain places, that's why I love to educate myself and read up about what's going on there and what has happened in that place. Um, historically, you know, that's why I'm not trying to go to Dubai. <laughs> Um, you know, they have certain laws that are not favorable uh, to me uh, or my husband or my friends or, you know, so I don't think there's a reason to go there. Um, right or wrong is just what that, you know, what they do there or, you know what I'm saying? So there's different things that, you know, you just got to watch out where you're going. Queen Elizabeth recently passed, Queen Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth II. And um, right before her passing, I guess a few months, or maybe even less than a year, um, Barbados uh, became, I guess, emancipated. Um, yes. And uh, yeah, I was really excited about that. I was trying to plan a trip for me and my son and his mother to go to Barbados to experience um, an economy that's ran predominantly by, and a government ran predominantly by people of color um, that own that land. But how did that make you feel? Like, um, I, I went straight to TikTok. Um, people laugh at me sometimes, but I'm like, what's so funny? Um, yeah. I, feel like I've, I feel like I've got the most news, the most how-to facts, um, the most information from TikTok when it comes to Ukraine war. I feel like I've gotten the most information when it comes to Beijing people from TikTok. Um, they didn't, I noticed when Queen Elizabeth passed away, a lot of memes came about and people, and I said to myself, oh, wow, I did forget about that. Because, right. you know, as a journalist, I owe it to the community just to report on the news. So, right. you know, 
what I feel doesn't matter. Um, first, that, that that's later. Um, I just want to get the information out, and then you disseminate whatever you want from it. But I want to give it as unbiased as possible. Um, just be true as possible, um, right? With no grades of truth, rather. Um, so when I saw those those videos, I said, "Oh my God, I forgot all about that." All right. You know, the media made it made it seem so beautiful. You know, um, you know this beautiful leader. But then I was like. I, I was like, what? Didn't Prince Harry and Marco go there and they, you know, kicked off the island or they were wanted? So I'm thinking like, what? So, yeah. What were your thoughts on on that, on the passing of um, Queen Elizabeth? So, you know, yeah, it's kind of crazy because you get, they, they, they put an image of your head of who she is and then you read up on what they have done and then you're like, wait a minute, right? So that's kind of, she's, she represents uh old world and old you know sometimes ridiculous ideas um that are not up to date um you know a lot of people just consider her really like the chief monarch of you know like thieving raping genocidal empires you know what i'm saying like they're not they're not there is no pain because they don't they felt like she never did what she needed to do in order to stop a lot of the things but I always say, I, you know, when it comes to folks like this, I don't know. They live in such a different time. You know, they live in such a different reality. Uh, their world has really nothing to really do with us. You know what I'm saying? Like um, what their realities are. I don't know. Um, you know. But there's a difference between I, I, I guess I would just say there was a difference between when Diana passed away than when the queen passed away um and i think that people just so a lot of genuine and diana um you know she utilized her uh power with the crown to bring attention to different you know um injustices that were happening in the world so i just think that what you do here is recognized here or not. And, um, you know, with her, it's, it's unfortunate that, you know, the, uh, the empire is just has a lot of ugliness attached to it. Do you feel that we will ever stop this blame game of generational, like, I don't know, it's like a gener it's like intergenerational conflict of interest or I don't know, I'm just so tired of it because I deal with so many young people and having a 12-year-old son, um, I just feel like that sometimes I can relate to like what it's like to be a 10-year-old, a 7-year-old because I'm dealing with him and I'm talking to him. We have real conversations about, you know, bullying and talking to people and people calling him, you know, calling him the N-word. So it's just like a lot of stuff, you know, like I never thought that I was called the N-word 30 years ago that he would be called the N-word like barely a year ago. Mm -hmm. So that was devastating to hear that information. And I felt like I owed, it, uh, I owed more to, you know, my community and myself into the human race to speak up more about that stuff and never ever in my life to not speak up again, regardless of the ramifications, because it's going to keep on going on if I don't help. Right. So I feel like, you know, my contribution to society has to be something of value besides being able to buy a car or drive this and that and go here right. and there. 
it has to be something. So for me, um, I just feel like I feel like it's just so much going on right now. But I'm really so I'm, I'm really getting tired of it because I can't really relate. I'm not think I know, and I know I'm not all that. I know I'm not all that cool for school. But I noticed that there's certain types. I feel like this. I feel, I feel like our generation, in particular, um, rides this wave of being in between millennials as well as um, baby boomers or something like that. Baby then, boomers. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like we we have this big gamut. We because like when you when you grew up in a certain world, you kind of I mean a certain time, we're kind of like overlapping in two diff, different generations. If that makes any yeah. sense. Yeah. 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 And I feel like when you're in that world um, and there's overlap, I feel like I feel like I've always been doing the Internet. I've always been on my phone. I've been running this magazine for my phone for more than 10 years plus. So I feel like like I've always been ahead of the curve. But I don't know. I don't really I don't. Do you feel like there's a there's a, a group of people or. Um, or civilization, or society, and civilization will ever um, mature and, and become sophisticated enough that we'll just look at each other um, and look to each other as just equals, regardless of sex, age, sexuality, religion, creed, etc. Well, I think I'm, it's hard to imagine that world without, you know, the acknowledgement, the reparation, the you know of what has happened in these country in our country in the world you know what i'm saying so it's, it's almost like being in an abusive relationship for 400 years and just telling people to get over it do you know what i mean like you have to you have to you know i think there's a lot of work to be done in this country to um the quote-unquote end racism here there has to be again reparations it has to, we have to give land back to the indigenous people we have to make we you know the well and when i say we is the only people that are in power who have that power to make those changes they have to make those changes a lot of us who will continue to work day in and day out right to create opportunities for you know, the ones that are up and coming and, you know, black and brown people like, we, you know, for instance, with this fashion show, there are things that we do things, but but to create the change that we want to see in society, like we have to change so many things, you know, in this country, the most important building is the White House. Why is that building called the white house it should not be called the white house it should be called the people's house it should be called the the president's mansion it should be called whatever but you know again words have power um and 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 so i think there's things that we have to change here that we have to correct that we have to make correct in this world um Again, you know, 73 million indigenous people were murdered in the genocide of the Americas. Um, That needs to be rectified, you know, in the best possibly way that we do that, right? Like we can't only speak, you know, of the unfortunate events, for instance, with the Holocaust, right? Where that is, that that was awful, right? Five, six million Jews, you you know, that is just awful, but we can't get to that history when we, we we haven't even fixed the indigenous history, 
who are the original people of the you know of this world so so i think that that we have there is some rectifying things to do you know um like i said before you know 11.2 million africans who came to the new world in the slave trade you know that's people that were from africa like you took people out of their homes you know what i'm saying like those are things that need to be, you know, rectified. There's a lot of just the world. There's a lot of things that need to be done. But uh, until we don't have folks in power that uh, want to make those changes um, and their benefit is not for them or capitalism, then we're not going to see those, the, the, those changes that you're looking to see. Yeah, and I think the more conversations we have like this, that are not so like on the surface and, you know, make no, you know, we, we can have those conversations all day long. I want to talk about something that makes sense. Um, and speaking of making sense, um, you know, you, you touched on some things about the slave trade and, and then fast forward in 1921 in Tulsa, Oklahoma, the black wall street, like, you know, you have a community that was built predominantly, you know, by African-Americans for African, for African-Americans because they could not, go to certain shops and restaurants because they were colored right as I, spoke, as I spoke to earlier and weren't allowed to do so so the year my grandfather was born as the dean of civil rights movement was when they was there was a two-day massacre with hundreds that they say died but we know it was thousands right. um, and, and tons and thousands and, and, and millions of lives destroyed because that's generations um that were robbed of their land that were robbed of their um, their, their their history, their their lineage, the and, and, and you know not being able to see where you're going can hinder where you're going. You know what I'm saying? To, right. to, to, know, to know your past is to know your future. So if I if, if there's if no, there, I mean this Tulsa Oklahoma thing is just it's just nuts. It's the most profound thing ever, and people are just figuring out about this this massacre. But it's like I've been new about this since I was in you know. In, in high school, but it's like, you know, the same thing. But then again, I didn't know that, you know, Spanish and Hispanic, and I still don't know what that word means. Um, and I don't get it. And nobody can explain it to me. But um, uh, why, why that, you know, those 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 people identify with, um, you know, being certain skin types, but at the same time, it's like, you're of African descent. You're from the African diaspora. Right. Like, hello. Like, yeah. Why are you falling into this stupid nonsense of you? And then all this time, until I went to Cornell as a little 19-year-old boy, you know, from Detroit, I was culture shocked because I saw a blue-eyed, pale-faced, blonde-haired Puerto Rican girl became one of my best friends. Right. So I'm thinking, like, this is nuts. She had to explain to me. She explained to me. So all this time, I, I just thought Puerto Ricans were like Rosie Perez. Um, you know, if right. born, you know, I you know, that's what I thought. Well, and that's then, what the machine is feeding too. It's just so sad because all this time I thought, I don't sound ignorant. Yeah, um, and when it comes it, to it Tulsa, is. Oklahoma, I mean, you know, Black Wall Street, I didn't know that um, history growing up. That wasn't something that I was taught. And, you know, again, I, my education came from Puerto Rico and, you know, New York. Um, so I like, and I speak to folks now that tell me, well, if you're from Tulsa, Oklahoma, you might have known a little bit about this, but this was pretty much try to be uh, brushed under the rug. You know what I'm saying? Because it was a massacre. 
and 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 when you learn of things like this and you know that's one of the examples of african americans working their ass off to create economy to create generational wealth and the white man being threatened by it and burning it to the ground i mean at the end of the day that's what it was do you know what i'm saying so that unfortunately the the ancestors right that you have to look at your ancestors and you have to see what where how you fall and what you're supposed to do do you know what i mean and unfortunately for white men their ancestors just have left them with a really you know with a hand that it it needs to be about you know how what can i do to make it up you know so then we can move forward you know and the, and, and the karens as beyonce say who just turned into terrorists you know they got to get it together too you know because we continue to uh uh, uh wait for black women to continue to fight for democracy and because of them we have it and you know that is not fair because they get treated the worst crazy yeah um i just feel like african americans we've 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 learned trades we've we, you know either a master barber or a great chef or um, C, Madam C.J. Walker, who invented, like, I think, pressing your hair with a hot comb and, you know, being architecture, you know, just she built this beautiful home or something in, in New York or someplace around here. But not to digress, but it's just when, when, when you're robbed of that vocation, of that um, that history, when some of my white friends always ask me, like, what do you think about this? What do you mean what do I think about the uh, the mob? that's uh, rallied for Black Lives Matter because my sauce my get the fucking neck is stepped on for uh, how many minutes? Because um, they didn't want to, you know, and, 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 and um, screaming and, and praying out to their, their mom, uh, you know, a grown man, that's just crazy. Um, and then, you know, we see something on TV and one of my white friends says, what do you think about that? What do you mean when I think about that? I think that if you were an intelligent person, you would know that those are looters. So don't, 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 you know, don't understand, don't you understand the difference between a looter and a protester? A protester, right. they're out there trying to push for rights and they have signs and shit. Right. I mean, the looter is the person trying to get some, you know what I'm saying? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? They don't got no protest. You know, and sometimes, and I told them, I said, you have to realize the best time to strike as a looter is when you when everybody's distracted. So use your brains. So no, we're all not the same. Candace Owens has her own opinion. Bon Larry has his opinion. It's like, what the fuck? It's like, why do we always have to be all one thing? Um, Democratic or Republican. It's just ridiculous. Um, I think we all have our own right. As long as it makes sense. Or explain to me what you mean by that. Explain what you think why they should get rid of um you know certain things like welfare or um you know affirmative action um things like that because i busted my ass to get in cornell and i graduated in three years so it's like and i had to pay for my own degree my own stuff and get my own little personal scholarships so it's just like it's just we, it's just crazy to me because you bust your ass and you do all this stuff and you're so visible but yet you're still not visible I just find it so interesting how we got the whole program schedule for IMG Fashion Week and we got the um, the other, uh, the talks, which is a subsidiary program of the shows. 
which is produced by IMG Focus, but we never got invited to one of those shows. <laughs> you know, it's just like, you want me to promote this, which I did. And if you Google IMG, uh, the shows, right. um, it comes up. We were, we were one of the first people that got it up. That's, that's what we do at 360. You know, we have to work harder, be smarter, um, and get things done. Like, you know, like Domino's, 30 minutes or less. So I noticed but that we're we always excited. put in that position. We always have to make it work. We it always exhausting. have to work harder. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. Yep. So what words of advice would you offer someone before we get into some other um, topics of what you, you have going on next? Um, and then some things about just real quick touch on your um, your social. But what words of advice would you offer someone that's trying to or that aspires to be in your position to produce things um, of the magnitude that you've done at Women Board, which is a, a, a beautiful facility. I mean, how did you even do all this stuff? Like, what, what words of encouragement and advice that you can offer those those people who want to follow in your footsteps? So I would say, you know, surround yourself with folks who you're going to learn from, folks that you're going to teach folks that are in the same zone and vibrations that you are because when it comes to like production and you know anything really in life is about collaboration so it's really important to learn how to collaborate with folks to understand you know um for instance, I'm very clear with the folks that I um, collaborate with. I'm a very spontaneous producer in the sense that, you know, if I think of an idea of a scene or if I think of a party and what we should, what the mission should be for that, um, and like I like to be able to talk it out. It doesn't need to happen. It doesn't have to happen. But I like to be able to talk it out. I like to be able to, you know, vibe with other producers and be like, you know, what do you think about this? And let me know how I can help you with that. So there's no ego when it comes to creating. And if you're a true creator, then there's no ego. And I think that's a really good kind of way to measure who you collaborate with. Because, again, Ego just has zero room in the creative process. You have to just keep true to yourself. You know, again, have folks around you who believe in you the same way that you believe in them. Um, you know, throw the rope back. I always say throw the rope back and, you know, pull people up um, who, you know, are busting their butts, you know, for instance, with, uh, the room and board that you mentioned, you know, Next Frontier in Fashion, you know, I partnered with an African-American man, you know, like it was very important for me to do that because that's what we're doing. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, that doesn't mean that I don't uh, produce with any other folk. Like I produce with everyone, but there are certain things that, you know, just match your mission of what you're doing you know what i'm saying like so i i think how did you how did you get to this space because one thing i can attest to um having worked with you on several projects i was like jesus you were in a lot of projects <laughs> um cover stories um with selena's leva from um, orange and new orange and new black and spider-man and netflix but also just um just working with those people to um shakira um 
Yeah, Barrera, me saqué la barrera, barrera. Yeah, barrera. Um, with her, uh, we're going to do much more with her, of course. Um, it's the yes. time, it's timing. You know, me and you, we're all about like timing. And I feel like she, 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 her time always have, has been now. I don't know, something about her I just love. Because it's like, she's really, really cute. And she's like engaging, but she's very intelligent. And she has very, very intelligent. I never met her, but I could just tell. I was like, who is this girl? But I, I was enthralled by her, enamored by her when I saw her on the Netflix show because I grew up watching um, Doug Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Him. And they're yeah. like, what's the word that rounds the defense? I'm going to jump over the defense. You know, it was just so goofy. <laughs> the word of the day, you know, on all the shows in worldwide, uh, whatever, WWE. But it was just so cool. So I saw that and I was like, what is this lady? She got some chops. She was just so, um, so yeah, I love Shakira. We've known each other for a while, like maybe like 12 years now, something like that. We uh danced together, we performed together in Madison Square Garden, the Billboard Awards. Um, and you know, shout out to her for sure. She just got announced uh by deadline. Uh she joins the Marvel Studios with Disney with the new uh show Ironheart, which Anthony Ramos is uh part of as well since you mentioned him so she's one of the new series regulars so you know another one that i've known that you know has been doing the work since she was like three years old you know dancing in studios and doing her thing and you know uh she's someone who's in her early 30s and now you know is is seeing the fruits of her labor so but how are you but not to cut you off, yeah, I love her. I don't even know her, but I was just like, okay, this is someone yeah. I definitely want to meet. And we now have had the opportunity to meet amazing people and be in the same rooms with them. Um, but I just was like, I just, I just, I just thought she was just so special because you can tell when she wants to get glammed up, she can get glammed up. But it's just something about her that's just so like you can kick back with her. I feel like. I hope she does like to have, you know, a beer once, twice. Oh, my God. She's so, she's so <laughs> chill. And I actually need to, like, remind her, like, hey, you're going to such and such. You got to get that, that, you know, being her celebrity stylist. But, you know, also when as producers, you know, we're producing right now. My This is a reel for my, you know, show that we'll talk about. Wait, 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 wait. wait I don't want to talk about that just yet. But I was going to ask you, uh, how do you think you relate to these people before I forget? Because I think this is very... Um, it's a glue that kind of um, that I feel that when I meet someone um, for I meet them for a reason I don't and I always open myself and my heart and my my friendship to certain types of people and I immediately felt that way with you so what do you think like what, do, what, it, what how do you relate to people because I've seen people who who are interior designers and decorators and I work with them. And we have a division that does that too. Um, and we've been, you know, doing a lot in that space lately. But I noticed some of the people who are well-trained and come from that, you know, SCAD and FIT world of interior and part and Pratt and all the Parsons and all that stuff and New School. Sometimes they're a little stuck in their ways and they're telling you how to design your place. And it's like, no, that's not how I want to design my space. But I feel like with you, you'll make a you you'll you'll say, have you ever thought about moving it like this? It's like your approach is so much diff much more different than um what we're used to um when interior people or people in the design community. Yeah, they were mean. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of people. Were <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, you know, like a lot of like the, 
you know, those generations uh, were, were, they called it strict, you know what I'm saying? Like they called it, um, you know, disciplined, you know, and, and I know that in some ways I'm sure it was, but I think in the way that we work today and we create today, it's very different. So I tend to leave with uh, love and I tend to lead with compassion and understanding, you know, so, so yeah, <laughs> that, you know, hopefully the screaming and, you know, all of those things kind of, you know, go away, but like, you know, community, you just have to, when you relate to folks like, for instance, Shakira, you know, we do a lot of things together. I, I'm her celebrity stylist, you know, we're producing together. We've also performed together. We dance together. We work with nonprofits together. You know, we, there's a lot of things that we do together. And I think that that's how folks should, you know, work within their communities and, She's part of my community and, you know, folks all have all the folks in their community and that's how community grows. So run with your tribe. That's yeah. That makes perfect sense. Because, yeah, I, I mean, I've seen you thrive and I was like, wow, this, you know, it's like, this, 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 this is only a few, a handful of people that, that I've met and they're always like, they're always like celebrities and like, People and I, these are people I actually hung out with, like major celebrities, or just seen them, being in a room with them for longer than an hour, for eight yeah. hours, or hanging right. out for the whole weekend. But or, but it's just been very interesting to see that you know we're all people. And um, but I just I love the way that you are able to connect the dots when it comes to networking, connect the dots when it comes to projects and logistics and execution of those projects, um, which I think is excellent. Um, yeah, I think it's like the theater background in the sense of like, you know, there's there's such a when you're lot in live performing, there's timing that, you know, has to be there. You have to follow, you know, a run of show when you're hosting, you know, you have to create those minutes. There's there's a there's a really um, you know, great training behind. That's why they say, you know, theater actors are probably the best actors, you know, because of the type of training that they receive. Um, there's a technique, you know, behind that. So I think there's a technique and standard in everything that I produce. Um, you know, Raul Peñaranda, who is one of the designers that was featured in Next Frontier in Fashion, who's Colombian, um said to me you're one of the few latinos that is able to uh put together event and produce events that are always so classic and so you know he want to say like tacky right and then and and you know like i understand like the point right but we celebrate different things in different manners you know there's no need to criticize any of it but we all loved you know different type of things and everybody should do what they want but when it comes to you know the luxury environment and all of that then i've had 25 years of uh 
experience in the visual world. So all of that lives in me, you know what I'm saying? So I've absorbed all of that, you know, working with brands like Ralph Lauren, which, you know, give you a beautiful kind of lifestyle type of brand, right? Like when you, uh, Ralph Lauren client is a very specific client because they're a very loyal client in the sense they, everything they wear, everything they use, their house, their everything is Ralph Lauren and is this big lifestyle and they go to polo matches and you know what I'm saying? Like they go to tennis matches for the U.S. Open and, you know, there's a lifestyle that certain brands can create, right? And the ones that don't create that fall apart if you really think about it, right? Like a Chanel, a Dior, you know, Prada, these folks are, they're lifestyles, right? They're, there's people who live that lifestyle, love that lifestyle, you know? So um, I was, I was, I was fortunate and I'm fortunate to, you know, collaborate with, with um, uh, companies like that. Um, and, you know, folks like you, right, with like 360 being the Latinx editor at large, you know, like that is super cool and relevant. And, you know, the demographic of 360 magazine is, you know, 19 to 39. Like, you know, we get to interact with the movers and the shakers, right, and to be able to, you know, curate the Latinx piece of it and, you know, do interviews like, Piso in the Uno, right? Like you, we, you know, you gave them a cover, like that helps them in their own growth, right? And and how they move in the world and how people see them, you know what I mean? So there's power in media. So you know, we gotta do, we gotta keep doing what we're doing. Yeah, and speaking of power in media, you've been working on what you were hinting on earlier. Um, a great show that has great bones and a great story. So can you talk to us about this uh, this new, I guess, this new program that you're working on and what it means to you? Yeah, so I'm really excited because um, Shoplift or Javi Shoplift or shopless retail academy we're working on a bunch of names and this is kind of the exciting part you know that um everything's created the pitch is created you know everything is created we're now finalizing this digital reel for it um and i'm really excited about it just because it you know to, to put it in really great terms i'm going to say it meets the excitement of extreme makeover home edition meets the heart of queer eye and the community of no reservation you know what i mean like it's such a beautiful um uh, package show that is put together where we're featuring small businesses that have been deprived of either you know smart window displays visual merchandising and you know good old customer service bro i mean at the end of the day you know one of the strongest weapons that uh, mom and pop shops have um, small businesses have is that they get to provide an experience and you can get that on e-commerce 
Do you know what I'm saying? You can't get that on a dot-com. Um, and I think that there are a lot of struggling small businesses, and that's because they lack education. They lack the tools that it takes to run these businesses. And that's because you were just talking about it. We got to make it work. No matter what, you know, marginalized communities, black and brown communities, we have a dream. We want a small shop, right? We want to be able to have a little restaurant. We want to be, you know, and we are the pulse of the nation. Do you know what I'm saying? So if, if, if we teach the small business communities how to be independently, you know, ran and just grow, I assure you the economy in this country will change. Do you know what I'm saying? And that goes for the globe because it's an idea that is a global idea, you know, because there is just a known fact that, again, small businesses are really made up of black and brown people um, who have a dream, have a great idea, but sometimes we need to be able to just give them the tools so they can then, you know, go ahead and shine in their community. So, you know, I have created this, you know, seven step program where um, I take these my, uh, store owners through a whole, you know, assessing their environment to uh, partnering them with professionals in the community, dealing with specifically what their issues are. It could be an operations and retail management issue, right? It could be visual issue. It could be a marketing and, you know, uh, public relations issue. It could be um, tech, right? Or a lack of social media presence and e-commerce, right? Because Today, we got to do both. You know, we got to do everything. We got to be, in order to stay competitive, we got to be in everywhere. So I think that the show is just filled with a lot of love, you know. Um, I think it's filled with a lot of talent. And we're going to, again, have, you know, the the, the happiness of, of the makeover show and, you know, those before and afters um, kind of things. But, you know, I'm, the most exciting for, part for me is being able to support small businesses that have been impacted, you know, either by a tragic event, a past, you know, loved one, you know, natural disasters, right? Like we'll be doing some episodes in Puerto Rico, right? Like there's natural disasters that happen everywhere, right? Folks deal with neglect and violence, you know, those kind of things. They think that we're going to be able to spotlight owners who, again, are Black, Brown, Latinx, Indigenous, queer, veterans, you know, single parents, you know, otherwise, you know, one way or another belonging to a marginalized community. And so that makes me excited to be able to bring this knowledge of 25 plus years, you know, um, to these communities, you know, Main Street America, um, you know, help everybody out. Because again, each episode is going to bring awareness to to the issue of the store and and the and what the owners face, you know. So the community will be part of it. Um, they will also be helping in part of the transformation. So I'm excited. I'm really excited about you know what's to come. And uh, Shakira Barrera is the executive producer with me on this. So another way to show you how community really works.